بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على سيد الأنبياء والمرسلين وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين اللهم صل على سيدنا ومولانا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا ومولانا محمد وبارك وسلم أما بعد السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته الحمد لله we rejoice in the ni'mah that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed us with which is the ni'mah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala declares in the Quran that he has blessed us and granted us a huge favor by sending Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to us and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ إِذْ بَعَثَ فِيهِمْ رَسُولًا مِنْ أَنفُسِهِمْ يَتْلُوْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتِهِ وَيُزَكِّيهِمْ وَيُعَلِّمُهُمُ الْكِتَابُ وَالْحِكْمَةِ وَإِنْ كَانُوا مِنْ قَبْلُ لَفِي ضَلَالٍ مُبِينٍ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that He has indeed blessed the believers لَقَدْ مَنَّ اللَّهُ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ by sending to them a Nabi and a Rasul, a Messenger one who will give the message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to the people from themselves Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from humanity themselves. If Allah wanted, He could have given us something else, another way to have the message. But He did so in the best of manners, and that is through the being of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And in the ayah, Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala mentions to us the job description of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. What was His job description? And many people would say that Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was a shepherd, or he was a merchant. But first and foremost, he is the Rasul of Allah, and that is his job. And part of that, and the description of that job, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, is Yatlu alayhim ayati. He recites to the people the ayat and the signs in the Quran of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wa yuzakihim. And he purifies them. He sees their condition, their social condition, their mental condition, their spiritual condition, and he purifies them. He sees the mistakes, and with kindness, with gentleness, with the wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed him with, he eradicates all of the lulumat, the darkness. And what is replaced is, is the nur. The nur is what replaces the darkness. Not only does Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa recite to them the kitab, the Quran that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends to him, but he also purifies the sahaba. And he teaches them the meanings of the Qur'an, the kitab and the hikmah. Meaning the hadith of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa His own wisdom that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowed him with, he shares that with the people as well. This is the job description of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa These four things as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions. He recites to us the kitab. He purifies us. He teaches us the Qur'an and he teaches us the hadith. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that before his coming, before the sending of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, everyone was in a clear misguidance. The entire world was devoid of true tawheed, the true understanding of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the true understanding of what it is to be a human being and what our relationship with the Creator is, what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants from us, how we are to interact with one another, and the point and purpose of our lives. This was lost. The other anbiya that preceded Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam echoed the same sentiments and same message that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam came with. 
But as we know, that message became distorted. It was changed. It was tahrif. And that message was lost. Rasulullah revived this message. And not only did he revive the message, he was the completion of the message itself. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had blessed us with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He says in one hadith narrated in, the authentic, in an authentic chain, he says that my example and the example of all the previous anbiya alayhimu salatu wa salam is that of a beautiful palace. Very beautiful palace. You walk by, people walk by the palace and they stare in amazement. And we can all relate to this if you walk by a very beautiful structure. You can't help yourself but stare. You know, even if it's a bank or some, some general building or city hall or whatever it is. But if it's beautifully made, you won't go inside automatically. You'll just sit there and stare for a moment. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is saying that not only is this structure something of great meaning, it's very beautiful. And everyone that comes by cannot help themselves but stare in awe and amazement at this very beautiful structure, this palace. But they all have one complaint. There's a complaint regarding this palace. And there's a missing brick. That's the complaint. It's perfect, but there's a hole. There's a missing brick in the palace. If only that brick was to be placed in there, the whole thing would be perfect. It's so beautiful. It's just that thing is bothering us. And you can tell if you have, uh, let's say you bought a new phone. And in the screen you see one speck. One pixel is not working in the screen. Some of us are going to return it. Some of us are going to sell it. If that pixel that's destroyed was caused by us, we'll just buy another thousand dollar phone. Because of that one pixel. It's just a single pixel, but it's not working. So this is the example. There are people, they're, they're looking at this, this palace and there's a hole. And they want that hole to be fixed. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, I am that brick. I am that final piece of that puzzle. I am what completes this beautiful palace. The message of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is complete through Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa Therefore, we are the luckiest generation, the luckiest group of people to have ever existed. Because we have the blessing of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa and this is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala telling us this. We don't have to deduce this. We don't have to use our rationality to come to this conclusion. Allah says it very clearly that He's blessed us with this. So we need to rejoice in that. And like I mentioned last week, I, I recited a poem. I think I'll recite it again. This was a translation of a poem actually. And this embodies what it means to, to love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa So last week we discussed... Loving Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa what does that entail? How do we go about loving the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa And so I, uh, you know, translated a poem. I'll read the Arabic as well, and then I'll translate it. This poem was written by Shaykh Abdurrahman Salih al-Ashmawi. He says, حُبُّ الرَّسُولِ تَمَسُّكٌ بِشَرِيعَةٌ غَرَّاءَ فِي الْإِعْلَانِ وَالْإِسْرَارِ حُبُّ الرَّسُولِ تَعَلُّقٌ بِصِفَاتِهِ وتخلق بخلائق الأطهار حب الرسول حقيقة يحيا بها قلب التقي عميقة الآثار إحياء سنته إقامة شرعه في الأرض دفع الشك بالإقرار إحياء سنته حقيقة حبه في القلب في الكلمات في الأفكار So he says what is true love for the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Is it just to speak that I love Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam does it mean that I 
say that I'm a, a, an adherent and follower of Rasulullah sallallahu what does it entail? What does it mean that we love Rasulullah sallallahu This is the meaning of the poem. He says, loving the messenger is to adhere to his way in its pure state, openly as well as in solitude. Loving the messenger is to cling to his qualities and to instill in one the attributes of fortitude. Loving the messenger is a reality which is lived by the hearts of the pious, its effects deeply imbued. Reviving his sunnah is to establish it on earth, using the testimony to remove doubts one finds. Reviving his sunnah is to truly love him in one's heart, one's words, and one's mind. So this is what it means to love Rasulullah wasallam that we establish what he came to preach. We continue his message, we internalize it, we practice on it, we share it with others. This is what it means to love Rasulullah But it's not limited to that. Upon that, that is the foundation of our love for Rasulullah We also love Nabi from the bottom of our hearts. We try to emulate him, even in the things that we don't have to emulate him in. There are some things we don't have to emulate Rasulullah in, but it is rewarding that we do so. It's very rewarding that we do so. And this is what we call, what we term the sunnah. In reality, according to the Sahaba, the sunnah is everything that Nabi ﷺ preached. The sunnah is the fara'id. The sunnah is what we call the sunnah. The sunnah is the, 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 the mustahabat, all of the different things that Nabi ﷺ preached. So the foundation of loving Nabi ﷺ comes from ita'a or following Nabi ﷺ. And in reality, if we follow Rasulullah wasallam, we will actually gain, not only will, can we say that we love Nabi wasallam, but we also gain Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's love. We get two in one. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Qur'an, قُلْ إِن كُنْتُمْ تُحِبُّونَ اللَّهِ فَاتَّبِعُونِي يُحْبِبُكُمُ اللَّهِ Say, O Muhammad, to the people, if you claim to love Allah, if you claim that you love Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, then follow my way. Follow the way of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa The outcome, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will forgive your sins. So not only is following the way of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa equal to loving him, but we also get another benefit. And that is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will love us. And it's very amazing that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala connects the love of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi with his own love. It is as if if we are a true believer, we cannot get away from loving Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa And if you look at the ayah again, people were saying, we love Allah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't say yes or no to this claim. Rather, the benchmark for this is follow Rasulullah sallallahu If you claim to love Allah, we're not saying you're truthful or you're lying, but the benchmark is, let's see if you're following Rasulullah sallallahu If you do follow Rasulullah, then you are a lover of Allah. And the ayah goes further than that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't even say that if you are a lover of Rasulullah, if you follow his way, then you are a lover of Allah. That is the question that is posed. That people are saying that they love Allah. But what the ayah is actually saying is, forget about you loving Allah. If you follow Rasulullah, Allah will love you. And this is a very high standard. And this is a great reward for loving Rasulullah sallallahu I wanted to share a few ahadith in a collection that I have collected. This was uh, about two years ago. We had a program uh, in Masjid Uthman. 
and I was uh, given the opportunity to collect a few ahadith together. And as we know, the ulama in the past, they would always collect ahadith and call this an arba'een. So we have the very famous arba'een of Imam al-Nawawi, different arba'eens by different scholars. This is a tradition among scholars. Uh, based off of a hadith, although the hadith is of weak nature, the scholars made this a tradition where they would gather together about 40 different ahadith and they would publish a book in this manner. So one of the very famous ones is the Arba'in of Imam Nawawi. I'm sure everyone has heard that. So Alhamdulillah, I compiled 40 hadith, actually 45, from the Shama'il of Imam Al-Tirmidhi, kind of summarizing it. This was a book that I uh, recommended last week. You can find English translations. The Shama'il Al-Tirmidhi. Imam Al-Tirmidhi has gathered a hadith regarding Rasulullah His physical character traits, spiritual character traits, how he was with the people, and he has different chapters in that regard. It's a very inspiring book, something we should all read. It's not similar to a normal sirah book. A sirah book is a book of history. It goes in chronological order. This Shama'il book, or there's many books in this genre, it, it just talks about the awsaf, the character traits, the, the, the physical traits and the spiritual traits of Rasulullah There's hundreds of hadith in the Shama'il, so it's, it's a, quite a large book. And that's something that we should all read in our free time. What I did is I took a few ahadith from selected chapters. So inshallah we'll get a flavor of the Shama'il itself. So I called it Al-Arba'een fi Shama'il Khatim al-Anbiya'i wal-Mursaleen. 40 hadith regarding the beautiful attributes of the seal of the prophets and messengers. There's a 40 hadith, 45 actually. But even Imam Nabawi in his Arba'een is 43. So he calls it Arba'een, Taghliban meaning it's around 40. You know, estimating. So, we start with loving Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is to have faith. This is part of our faith. Anas radiyallahu anhu said that Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said, لا يؤمن أحدكم حتى أكون أحب إليه من والده وولده والناس أجمعين. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is reported to have said. This is how we start the Shama'il. None of you are a believer. You cannot be a believer until I am more beloved to him than his father, his son, and all of mankind. So Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam said this, that you cannot be a true believer until I am more beloved to you than your own father, your own children, and all of humanity. And last week I shared a hadith of Umar radiallahu anhu. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was holding his hand. And at that moment, Umar radiallahu anhu felt very special. There's other sahaba around as well. So Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa held his hand and Umar radiallahu anhu exclaimed, O Prophet of Allah, O Messenger of Allah, I love you more than anyone and anything other than myself. He was very honest. He told the truth that I love you more than everything other than myself. That I have to be honest that I love myself more than you. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said that no, not until you love me more than everyone. Umar radiallahu anhu thought for a moment, he said, yes, in reality, I do love you more than myself. This is the characteristics of the Sahaba. They got to sit with Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa see his character traits, try to emulate them, and direct contact with the greatest of all of creation. And so they loved him more than anyone else. But Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa here is not directing this hadith only to the Sahaba. We are also part of this hadith where he says, none of you are a true believer until I am more beloved to them than their parents, their children, and all of humanity, including themselves. 
we have to love Rasulullah more than we love ourselves. What does this mean? How do I love someone more than I love myself? Isn't it a, a, a natural trait that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala creates within me so that I can protect myself from danger, that I love my own self? When I'm hungry, I feed myself. No one has, I don't have to ask anyone. I, I know immediately. When I feel danger, I protect myself. This is, this is a, a manifestation of my love. What Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is telling us is when that time comes when you want to do something for yourself and you are attracted to something, but you know that I said otherwise, are you capable of sacrificing what you want for what I want? If you can do this, this is a sign that you love Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more than yourself. If you find yourself capable at all junctures in life, being able to put the law of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the way of Rasulullah sallallahu first and foremost, and you find that as your priority. And everything else is secondary. Your parents are secondary. Your children are secondary. Your own desires, your own life is secondary to the way of Rasulullah sallallahu This is a sign that we have the love of Nabi sallallahu This is what Nabi sallallahu wants. And this is a manifestation of that ayah. That if you say you love Allah, then follow Nabi sallallahu this is what we have to do. This is what Nabi Wasallam wants. So if we want to be an adherent, a follower of his way, let us really put his way as our priority. This is how we get the love of Rasulullah It's not through words. It's not that I love Nabi Wasallam. Although that is also good. It's great to declare love. But real love is through action. Regarding the blessed names of Nabi Wasallam. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is reported to have said, Inna li asma'an. I have many names. And these are names that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has blessed him with. It's actually a, a book that has been compiled by Shaykh Musa Ruhani Bazi. And it has hundreds of names of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So it's a book of salutations upon Rasulullah. So he'll say, Allahumma salli ala. And then he'll have, he'll have a name of Rasulullah. Then he'll have, after that one, Allahumma salli ala, another name of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So many accolades, many titles that Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has. So in this hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentions a few to us. So that we can understand who he is. Not just by Muhammad, and that's the greatest of his names, and that is the name that he was given. But also by some of these accolades, we can see that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala titled him with some of these names. He says, Inna li asma'an, ana Muhammad. وَأَنَا أَحْمَدُ وَأَنَا الْمَاحِ الَّذِي يَمْحُ اللَّهُ بِيَ الْكُفَرِ وَأَنَا الْحَاشِرُ الَّذِي يُحْشَرُ النَّاسُ عَلَىٰ قَدَمِي وَأَنَا الْعَاقِبُ In this hadith, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa mentions a few of his names. Number one, he says, I am Muhammad. What does Muhammad mean? And Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa was one of the rare, situa- rare instances where a person is matching the meaning of his name. Or rather, even rarer than that, where a person's reality goes beyond the beauty of their own name. It's very rare that we find this. Right? My name is Nafis. That means precious. But there's nothing precious about me. Unfortunately. And in one hadith, Nabi sallallahu says that, Khalid akdabul asma. The, the, way, the name Khalid is the, the most deceptive name. Khalid means eternal. Right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that the, the kuffar and the, the believers will be khalidina fiha in, in, in Jannah and the kuffar will be khalidina fiha in Jahannam. Khalid is the word, eternal. 
which human is eternal? Everyone is going to die. So he says this, this name does not fit in reality. It doesn't mean that you cannot keep the name Khalid, inshallah. It means Khalid fil Jannah. The person will be in Jannah one day. But what I'm saying is that very rarely, and we all have, alhamdulillah, great names. And our parents really researched and looked into it and chose these names for us. And that is the duty of the parent for their child. You have to figure out a good name. And it is quite difficult. But Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, it's very rare that you find this, that not only does he match the meaning of his name, he surpasses it. So we call this Al-Ism Al-Musamma, the Musamma of the name, the one who embodies the name has surpassed the meaning. What does Muhammad mean? The praised one, the one who is praised. He surpasses this. What we think of him and how we can praise Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is not enough. We cannot praise him enough. Yes, there are boundaries to the praise of Rasulullah Sallallahu There are boundaries. We don't say he's an angel. We don't say he's a, he's a divine creature. We say he's a human. But praising him the way he ought to be praised, we can never reach that limit of, of true praise of Rasulullah Sallallahu So he is Muhammad, the one, the praiseworthy one. Wa ana Ahmad. And second, he says, I'm Ahmad as well. In Surah Al-Saf, Isa والسلام, he says, and we know that Isa والسلام, said this because Allah said, Isa والسلام, said it. He said that there is a Nabi to come after me, his name is Ahmad. He didn't say his name is Muhammad, he said, Min ba'di, there's a Nabi to come after me, Ismuhu Ahmad. His name is Ahmad. And Nabi وسلم, saying, My name is Ahmad. Ahmad is the most praised. Muhammad means the praised one. Ahmad is the most praised. And of course, if you look at it, whether we praise Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or not, he is the most praised. Scholars say that on the Arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala is written, La ilaha illallah Muhammadur Rasulullah. The name of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam written on the Arsh of Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala. Whether you and I praise him is irrelevant. He's still Ahmad. And if you look in today's world, the most commonly used name is Muhammad, right? In, in Surah Al-Kawthar, when Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam was in Mecca, some of the kuffar would jeer at him, make fun of him, and they would say that he has no sons to keep his name going. He has no children. And back then, the way you keep your lineage alive is to have male offspring, male children who will carry on your name, who will inherit from you. And so we know Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam only had daughters and the, the sons that he did have, Qasim, Abdullah, and Ibrahim, they all passed away in infancy. And so they would make fun of him and try to hurt his feelings and say that he has no male heirs, so he's cut off. He's cut off. And this in Arabic is called Abtar. He's cut off. Meaning his lineage is not going to keep going. No one's going to remember him after he dies. This is what they would say. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the last ayah of Surah Al-Kawthar, The one who is speaking bad about you, he's the one that's cut off. No one speaks about him anymore. As for your name, the most common name in the world is Muhammad. We're still singing his praises. We're still talking about him. We're still following his way. We still name our children after him. And this is the most noble of names. And so this is the, 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 the rank that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. So he says, Ana Muhammad, I am Muhammad. Wa ana Ahmad, and I am Ahmad. And the third name, Wa ana al-Mahi. I am the eradicator. 
This is the name of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Mahi comes from mahum. Means to eliminate, to, to erase something. And he explains, you know, don't be scared, I'm not going to eliminate you. He's saying, kufr. The one through whom Allah will remove kufr in the world, that is why. That is his title, his accolade, his name that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given him. Al-Mahi. وَأَنَا الْحَاشِرِ And I am the gatherer. وَأَنَا الْحَاشِرُ الَّذِي يُحْشَرُ النَّاسُ عَلَىٰ قَدَمِي And this also, these are all facets of his praise. He says, I am the gatherer. And what does this mean? The one by whose feet all of the people will come. All of humanity will come to Muhammad Those who cursed him, those who fought him, those who spat at him, who, who killed his friends, those who today still speak evil about Nabi who try to harm him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has already promised, they are the ones that are going to be cut off. If you want your name to be erased from civilization and no one to remember you, speak bad about Muhammad. Inshallah, no one will remember you. This is the ayah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But he's saying, I am al-hashir. When did this happen? When did all of humanity come to the feet of Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa This is a prediction. This is something that is going to happen. On Yawm al-Qiyamah, when people are drowning in their own sweat, when the sun is one mile above our heads and we're stuck on the plains of Qiyamah, all of humanity from Adam alayhi salatu wasalam to the last human to ever be born will be on that plane. Everyone will be there. And the hisab will not start. The reckoning, the interrogation, it will not start. And it's going to be very difficult. It's going to be very hot. People are going to be crying. They'll be able to see Jahannam in the distance, roaring in fury. And they will go to each other and blame each other. And they will be going through different forms of punishment on that day. Some people will be raised with no flesh on their face. They'll be like skulls. Some people will be raised because they were proud. They will be as small as an ant. So different forms of punishment will be occurring on that day. And it will not stop. Imagine, we live for how long? Someone who lives for over a hundred years. Alhamdulillah, my grandfather lived for over a hundred years. He passed away a year or two ago. This is a very long life. We all hope, we said, okay, I hope to be a centurion. I hope to have a hundred years. Because that's something great. Usually it doesn't happen. But on Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you and I will not die. It will be thousands of years long. Khamsina al-fasana, 50,000 years. Can you imagine living that long? Being in punishment for that long. Of course, the awliya of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will be given VIP access. They'll be separated. Those who are close to Allah, they'll be under the shade of the throne on that day. However, a majority of all of humanity, from Adam alayhi salatu to the last human, are going to be in punishment. When, when, this, when will this name come to take effect? The hisab, which will stop the, the general punishment of the mawqif, where they're all standing. For that punishment to stop, they need the interrogation to start. All of humanity will go to Adam alayhi salam. They'll beg him, please, make dua. You're, you're the first of human beings. You're close to Allah. Make dua to start the hisab. He'll say, I can't. There was one incident. I made a mistake. I can't start. He'll say, go to Nuh alayhi salam. He was, very, he was a chosen slave of Allah. They go to Nuh alayhi salam. Nuh alayhi salam said, no, I'm, I made dua for my son, but he was a kafir and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala didn't like that. I'm scared. Go to Musa alayhi salam. He's a chosen slave of Allah. 
They'll go to Musa alayhi salatu wasalam. They'll say, I can't do it. People worship the calf when I was gone. I'm scared. I was negligent in my responsibility. Go to Isa alayhi salam. He's a very noble servant of Allah. They go to Isa alayhi salam. He says, I can't do it today. I cannot help you. And each of these great anbiya, the ulul azam, they will say, nafsi, nafsi, myself. That's the only one that I can worry about today. Finally, they will go to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa And he is al-hashir. <coughs> and they will say, we were told to come to you. So you can ask for the hisab to start. You see the punishment that we're going through. The difficulty. <clears throat> and he will see the people that used to curse him, they used to speak evil about him, that killed his friends and family, <clears throat> but didn't follow his way. And he will see us as well. <clears throat> and he says, that I will make a dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I don't even know the words of I'll fall into sujood and Allah will inspire me with these words and they will be so powerful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say raise your head ask and you will be granted whatever you want today you will have And he will not ask for anything other than to help his ummah. And he's saying, I am al-hashir. The one at whose feet all of humanity will come. The last name, he says, an al-aqib. I am the last one. The last of all messengers. So these are the blessed names of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam mentioned in this hadith. There are many more names and qualities and attributes of this individual who we profess to follow. We ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to give us tawfiq to follow his way, give us tawfiq to be truly the ones who love him. And that love is displayed by following his example. O Sallallahu Muhammad. وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رحمتك يا رحمة الرحيم